Welcome to episode 127 of the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy Tyler. And I'm Ever Castro. And this week we talk about uh, Megan. We talk about Mission Impossible. We talk about Disco Elysium, Babylon, The Dropout, Succession, The Whale, The Last of Us. Um, you know, we, we cover a lot of TV, but then we also talk about uh, the extreme highs of a Cowboys playoff victory. And the potential coming lows. Or highs. Oh. Or highs. <laughs> Either one. But we, first. We shall, we, we shall see. It's like a Schrodinger's cat. This episode is Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Schrodinger's football. Oh. Um, but, but first. So as usual, start with uh you know some things we've been watching lately, mm-hmm. and I'll let you go first because you have more things on here. Yeah. Um. um so, so yeah, what do you what do you want to start with? Yeah, I'll start off with a quick one um, because it'll be ongoing, and then I'll get into another into the other ones as I go along. But um, yeah. So I wanted to go ahead and start with my Mission Impossible rewatch. So I know that you had watched. I think you said you got through what the first three or four last year, right? Um, on right, I'm Plus. trying to think. So I saw, I saw one. I definitely saw one. Two was awful, mm-hmm. right? Is that right? Yep. Yep. Two's the one with the jumping motorcycle, the motorcycles, and yeah. John Woo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. The fucking doves. God, yeah, the doves. Right. In every um, scene. Yep. <laughs> and then which one was three? three was uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Okay. And then four was, was uh Dubai or yeah Dubai where they're in that building. And... Is that Ghost Protocol? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Yep. And then... All right. So, fuck. I don't. I we either we definitely watched one through three, and and where I'm stuck is I don't know if we watched four because I know I watched four when it came out, so I can remember parts of four. I just don't know if I remember them because of the original oh, time you, like, or because it, right. we just watched them. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. But either way, we definitely didn't get past four because five was Rogue Nation. What's the name of five? Uh, Rogue Nation. Okay, yeah, no, I did, no we, did, we didn't watch that one. So, either three or four, but okay. go ahead. But yeah, so I, I wanted to, um, I told Sydney, I was like, well, you know, the next one comes out in July, um, um, Dead Reckoning Part 1 comes out in July, and I was like, well, I don't want to, I want to rewatch them, because this is the finale, and then, well, the first part of the finale, and, you know, I hadn't seen, but pretty much I've seen all of them, other than Fallout, which I've seen multiple times since it came out, all of them I've only seen when they come out. So, like, three I've only seen back in 2006, maybe here or there. Um, Ghost Protocol, definitely. The last time I saw it all the way through was when I saw it in theaters. Rogue Nation, same thing. But Fallout okay. was, a bunch of, was a bunch of times. Um, and so I was like, let's just watch it. So I watched the first one. And it was, you know, it was pretty good. I, I think you and I agreed when you talked about it last week. It's it's very, it's very um, interesting how simple it is in terms of um, nowadays... Like Spot. scope, almost scope. Yeah, movies ask so much of people, right? Like in that one, mm-hmm. pretty much the plot is: we got framed. We have to uh, hijack the thing that the guy who framed us wants, so that he'll come to us. He comes to us. We trap him, and no, oh, there here is the finale on the on the train, right? 
Like it's mm-hmm. pretty, and then John Voight uh, betrays everybody, and that's pretty much it, right? I mean, you only have like the opening sequence where everybody gets fucked over, the sequence at the CIA where he's like the classic, you know, uh, you know, catching the, the 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 drops, and he's like, you know, him hanging by the wire, the classic mm-hmm. scene, and then the train scene, right? And I mean, there's scenes in between, but those it's pretty much just those set pieces, and it's pretty interesting how it's just like, you, like you said, the scope is very small, very simple, and it's like. You know, in and out, right? And then the movie ends, and it's like you know, next mission. Compared to it's, something, uh, we we normally use this phrase regarding movies a little differently, but it I, I'm going to tweak it. Um, not necessarily, although it might be the case the way we normally use it, um, but like not necessarily just in like the editing and the um, story, uh, like the plot and everything. But this movie's tight in scope. Like, there's no, like, I'm trying to think, there's no, like, from what I remember, there's not, like, giant action sequences. There are good action sequences, but the action sequences are all, like, I don't know, like, the even the, the main one that you start with, right, where everyone's getting fucked over, mm-hmm. it's, like, just on, like, a street. Like, like one yeah. mm-hmm. long street. And, like, that that's it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Like, it takes place in what could be legitimately, like, a multiplayer map in any shooter. Like, it's so, like, tight and small. It's not like, I don't know, again, Ghost Protocol where he's, like, climbing up a skyscraper and jumping off buildings. And, you know what I mean? It's, like, literally just, like, no, we're running on streets. We're in this train. We're, like, tight. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's close in this small thing. Um But then also, now that I think about it, I feel like the movie is also very tight. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it... There's a little bit when it's, like, really trying to dial up the collusion, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, or the backstabbing, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, other than that, I feel like it actually is a pretty, um, like, to the point in every spot. But, yeah. But I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. I was going to say, I mean, yeah, it, it was, like, it's just, like, very, like, like you said, it's just very simple. And I was kind of surprised by it, you know, because I knew that I, I'd seen it before, but it was a long, long time ago. And so I knew the finale took place in that train, right, that gets caught in the tunnel. And... Mm-hmm. When um when it starts, I was like, oh, oh yeah, I guess it is the finale, right? Like, okay, I mean, I guess, all right, cool. Well, we're here now, all right, cool. Whereas something like uh, like you said, like Fallout, is just like plane sequence, bathroom sequence, Paris <laughs> sequence, London sequence, the mountain sequence, and then there's like another one that's like a backstabby sequence. It's just the movie is fucking full of gigantic. Like fucking mind destroying action sequences, right? Mm-hmm. And this one's just like, oh, okay, you know this and that, right? Um, <clears throat> so, um, I, I enjoyed it, and so I'm excited to see two and three and, and so on. And and and, uh, but yeah, I just wanted to, to talk about it because uh, we're gonna try and do one a month. So you know, this month was yeah. the first one. Then February we'll do two, and so on and so forth. Um, so that's Mission Impossible. And um, the next thing I'll talk about is I'll do Megan because it's the new, it's the biggest movie of January. Um, so we went to see Megan or M3 Gen uh, as it's uh, promoted. Um, and it's a <laughs> new horror movie from the guys who did Malignant um, and a bunch of other ones. So Jason Blum, Blumhouse, and then also um, co-written by the writer of Malignant and then produced by James Wan, who did, you know, Insidious, Saul, Malignant bunch of other like pretty much like the biggest um name in horror in the 21st century um and 
Uh, it was pretty good. It was pretty solid. I think if you were to look on Rotten Tomatoes right now, it has like like a ninety five or ninety six, and I think the reason ninety five. Okay, yeah. so I think that the reason for that is kind of like it's the classic. You know, if you ask ten of your friends, they all everyone it thinks it's a seven out of ten. <laughs> yeah, everyone. Th- yeah, everybody. I, I don't see anybody being like that was shitty because it's a fun movie, and I think it's a great intro to horror. I think. I'm I'm split because I think it would have been a better movie had it leaned more into the horror aspects and if it would have had more of a budget because it would have needed needed like maybe one or two more Megan sequences. Um, but I think movies like this are important because you get a lot of teens. When we went to see it, it was a Tuesday night and there were a lot of like high schoolers or you know preteens at that screening. Um, and they behaved, thank fuck. But I saw them walking, I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> No, but they were good, and I think it's important to have those kinds of movies because then you know they so they say, well, you know, let's watch Chucky, and then from Chucky they'll be like, let's watch Paranormal Activity, and then from there they go, let's watch something like Malignant, and then they go to Possession, and and you know it's nice to have horror fans, you know, keeping the genre alive, and you need to have these sort of intro, really good intro movies like this, The Ring, mm-hmm. um, I can't think of another really good PG thirteen one. Uh, Insidious is PG-13. That's another great intro one. So that you can get with Insidious mm-hmm. and then you eventually get them to something like Sinister or The Black Phone. Um, but yeah, it was fun. I, I think the performances are fine. The movie's, you know, pretty solid. You know, it's about this, you know, I'm sure you've seen the trailers where it's like, you know, this girl gets a, a robot who you know, tries to, you know, goes bad and tries to protect her. But, you know, that could be in a bunch of things. And it also says some stuff about, you know, raising a kid in this age where, you know, parents... Um, you know, like like uh, like my sister and my niece, where they you know they just give her the tablet, like here, play on your tablet and stuff. And and yes, it does make things easier, but it's sort of like this: what does that mean? What does that balance? What does that change? Um, so it does have something to say. There right. is a little bit of meat on that bone. Um, so it's not just this vapid, uh, you know, sort of empty exercise in in horror. Um, but yeah, I think if you like horror movies, you know, check this one out. It's fun. Um, like I said, you know, it, it being ninety five, I was expecting like. Uh, I know Get Out's a little higher, like Nope, or like Get Out, because I think Get Out's like ninety eight or ninety nine. So you you anticipate to get not just really like everybody liked it, liked it, but like real meat, real good, like good stuff on the bone. But it's not right. It's just everybody like yeah. just pretty good. God, what's what's the one we just fucking uh just watched recently? Not God, not Midsummer, but the other one, uh, Hereditary. Yep, hereditary. Um, 90, a ninety-five. I'm expecting something of that level mm-hmm. to me. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's kind of like what I'm expecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so if you go over, to, I think over a Metacritic, I'm sure it's like probably closer to sixty. Um, Megan. Yeah, let me check real quick. Yeah, it's. I think it showed a seventy-two, maybe. Mm, that's actually kind of high. <laughs> yeah, but um. Uh, yeah, it's it's a good time. I think it's like I could, it could easily wow seventy two. That's actually kind of unusually high. But anyway, I could I could you know they're already got a sequel coming. Hereditary's Metacritic is eighty seven, and it's Rotten Tomatoes like eighty eight um, score is lower than Megan's. Hereditary's Rotten Tomatoes is seventy. Dang. Yeah. See. So like maybe I mean I can see. No, that's the thing sorry, is I can 90. see. Oh, 90? 90. Sorry. I was gonna say but could, uh, but Megan's her Rotten Tomato is. 95. 95, That's yeah. right. And I can see, yeah, okay. you know, Hereditary, you could easily show me somebody who could be like, this just isn't for me. It's a little, you know, you need Megan's so that people will be into Hereditaries. You can't just, you know, right. you can't be a yeah. new budding film fan and go straight into Hereditary. Like, it, you need these intro movies. 
These are gate, For gateway sure. horror movies, yeah. And so, um, yeah, I could easily. I mean, this is going to be the big Halloween costume. They already got a sequel coming in two years. Um, it's uh, I could see a movie. You know, this is like the kind of movie you just put on on Halloween, and nobody goes, "Oh, what the fuck? What is on TV?" You can just be like, "Oh, it's you know, it's a, it's nice to have a new franchise, and it'll be exciting to see where it goes." But uh, yeah, that's uh, Megan, and it's in theaters now, and I think it'll be there for a while because it's doing pretty well. So to me, it's a weird thing because. Not specifically Megan, but you just kind of mentioned like the you need the introductory movies to get into like the more deep like you know meat meteor movies, mm-hmm. and um, that's always weird to me. Like I I agree one hundred percent, and I've even noticed it with myself. But like, isn't it weird that fucking watching movies is like a trainable skill? Like, like, like you watch more movies and then you learn like things to look for and things to notice and then get more meaning out of all of those things. Like it's such a weird idea. Yeah. Because watching a movie seems to be just by description, one of the most passive things you can do. Right. You know, like you literally just watching a thing happen on a screen. Mm -hmm. Um, And I actually remember reading a post, not like, I mean, it was a while ago where someone was like, Oh, I met somebody and like, for whatever reason, like their parents didn't let them watch like TV or movies or anything. Mm -hmm. And she was like in her late teens and like, she went to watch a movie and she was like literally struggling to like even grasp how to follow what was happening. Right. She's like, I've never watched anything before. So like randomly jumping from thing to thing was like extra jarring. You know what I mean? Like, Like, it was like, what the fuck is that? Um... So it's just like, like I said, it's just like a trainable skill and it doesn't seem like something that should be. Like, it seems like something like you just, you get it because it's a movie and you watch it. <laughs> but, right. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's like, um. so I, I've been, what is it, last year was 2022 and then, yeah, so 2020, at the start of last year and, you know, this year also I've been trying to, um, is read more books and, um, you know, I always reach out to my friend Carolyn when she, whenever I'm at a bookstore or whenever I'm about to, you know, buy a book or ask for a book, I'm always like, what should I buy? Like, what's, what's a good book? And, you know, I've read probably, I think, 15-ish books in the last year and some change, or maybe, maybe like, a little bit less, actually. And every time it ends, I'm like, that was good, right? But I could never be, like, you know, start a, a Goodreads account, because then I would have to explain, well, the prose here is good, and, and this and that. And basically, I know I'm like, this book was easy to get through, and I liked reading it, and this, you know, and this book wasn't good, and I took me forever to get through, right? And I think that's, like, it's the same way like that, where, like, if you read enough books, you can pick up on how to, you know, pick up on certain things or, you know, know how to review prose or writing types or, you know, basically like anything else. Kind of like how somebody edits a scene together, right? Like how a good horror director, right. you know, stretches the tension and is able to do that well without being annoying or without being, um, you know. God, like a fucking, um, you sent me the Die Hard thing. Where he's oh, like, yes. He's like, John McClane is nowhere near these people. And mm-hmm. when Hans is on the left talking to him, he's on the right talking back, even though they're in a completely different place. That is nothing I would have ever thought. Right? Like, I, right. not in a million years would that have crossed my mind. And then he's like, and then when Han hands the phone to the guy on the right, John, uh, John McClane turns to the left. You know what I mean? So he's facing the other guy now. And it's like, none of that is required. And there is a 0% chance that if I were the person directing a movie, that would have crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'd have just shot fucking Bruce Willis just out here talking to both of them. And he'd have just been standing in front of a camera doing it. And I'd have been like, nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And that that's why, um, you know, somebody like, you know how we talked to here before, it's like you, you see something or you read something and you go, okay, I get it. You listen to something like a song or an album, you go, okay, that makes sense, right? You go, this thing right. has been hyped up my whole life. Something like Thriller, right? You listen to Thriller and you're like, holy shit. Yeah, of course it's the fucking biggest album of all time. Like, it's good. You watch Titanic, right. you're like, yeah, yeah, 11 Oscars, $2 billion, duh. Right? And I feel like that's <laughs> how it is sometimes with, uh, well, Spiel- with Spielberg, where I feel like sometimes people watch Spielberg movies, and they're like, well, yeah, you know, he made E.T., and he just, like, you know, he just directed them. But if but he's not as flashy as, like, a Scorsese or um, Quentin Tarantino, but he does that stuff really, really well, where you don't even notice it. Was that the one you showed me? God, was he the director for the one you showed me um, with a motherfucker in the backseat of a car talking to a driver? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. He sees somebody come That in, shit is and then it comes next down. level. Mm-hmm. And even in something like uh, Indiana Jones, there's a scene in Indiana Jones where he comes in and he's like, Yo, we got to go. You got to pack up your bags, Indy. I was trying to find a gif for it because I was trying to do a tweet for it. But it's a very small thing where he, he frames it. He, uh, he walks in and then they switch places and it's a long take that would have taken, you know, any other director would have done three takes, right? It would have been like over shoulder indie, over shoulder the other guy, back and forth and then maybe shoulder of the shot, or a shoulder of a gun, a shot of the gun because then what he does is then he puts a gun in the, on top of the suitcase and it all crescendos into that spot. And it's like, mm-hmm. it, it's the kind of thing where he just goes, yeah, this makes sense to me. It just clicks, right? And yeah, yeah. that scene, what what's the movie in that? Or uh, what movie oh, is the that one, probably? the car one? Yeah. Uh, Munich. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's it's simple. Like, and like you said, it's not flashy. And I don't, until, again, like, you sent it to me, and I watched it, and I watched specifically that, and I was like, that shit's wild. If I had watched that movie, I don't know that I would have noticed that. Until someone, like, shows me just it, like, out of context. Because my man, like, starts in, I think, like, a side view mirror or like a, a rear view mirror and then like focuses into a different spot. And then as it's moving through the car, like focuses on a different, like, so mm-hmm. even though it's like one shot, he's getting like three takes out of it. Yes. Right? Like he's mm-hmm. somehow getting all the composition you would get in like three or four takes, but he's just doing it in one smooth camera movement. Exactly. And shit yeah, just, most people would just be I like, saw that oh, was like, just oh. three different ones. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and so, uh, what are we talking about? Where did this come from? The the framing? Uh, Meg, oh, introductory movies. Uh, Megan, oh, yes, introductory yes. movies. Mm-hmm. To, yeah, like, under, like being, like, being under- a learnable skill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but uh, So, Megan is more of a... It is a solid introductory movie. Yeah, yeah. Say. It's pretty good. And I think it, it's... it's Like I said, nobody's going to come out of this and be like, Whoa, that movie stank. Or like, oh my god, I can't believe I spent an hour and a half watching that. Right. Okay. All right, yeah, so Megan, uh, yeah, 95%, 95% of Rotten Tomatoes, but what would you give it out of 10? Um, I think, what do you or think five, sorry. Three, you maybe? Give it out of five, I think we're right? going to give it a three or three and a half. I, I can't quite remember. So, like, a six or a seven. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. So, that's Megan. Um, I will just go with another, with one of the things I have that's kind of quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I started, um, started Disco Elysium. Um, you are basically it's it's um hmm, trying to think here it's like a mixture this is gonna sound i I hate when people reduce things to like this kind of level but um the best way to describe it did you ever play any telltale games 
Uh, no, but I, I, I know, you know, I know what they are. They're kind of just the like walking, a walking, talking yeah. kind of deal. Um, so it, it's a mixture between like a Telltale game and like some Dungeons and Dragons type stuff, which is to say that like the mechanics are very Dungeons and Dragonsy. Which is mm-hmm. that like you have four stats, and every stat has like six skills off of that stat if that makes sense like one of them is intelligence and your six skills will be like um rhetoric like how well you can talk to people oh because you play as a detective um so like one of your skills is rhetoric another Uh one is deduction so like you can tell if someone's lying to you so anyways um the whole time you're talking to people and trying to figure stuff out it's running these skill checks like automatically in the background like it's rolling dice and it's like if your skill's a 5 out of 10 or whatever it is, mm-hmm. or we'll just say like a 5 out of 5, like you're more likely to pass this skill check. But if it's a 1 out of 5, you'll fail it. But the thing is, it doesn't even tell you you failed it most of the time, unless mm-hmm. it's a big one. Like, you just won't get some information that you would have had, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, if someone lies to you and your deduction skill is high, it'll just pop up and be like, this doesn't make sense because of this. And But if it's not, you might never piece that together you know what i mean like it won't even it doesn't give you the hint it doesn't say like hey you failed a deduction check so you know there's something to look for um but it's got all this stuff going on it sounds like um did you ever what was that one game that they tried to do that with that was more actiony ellie noir wasn't that kind of like that yep uh a little bit yeah um a little less skill checky and more i think like you as the player trying to figure that kind of stuff out if that makes sense Mm, um like, this is more like a thing, like, you know what I mean? Like, you just don't get that information unless this thing happens. Mm. I mean, I guess you could piece it together, but, like, even, I've only done, like, the very beginning, and I've missed stuff one way or another. Um, but the, so the, the four stats are basically, like, intelligence, emotional intelligence, um, strength, and, like, agility, or, like, dexterity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like lock pick dexterity is like lock picking along with stuff like jumping from here to there. Um, and like just the game's like super weird and unique. Like you play a detective, but you're like, so the story is you're a detective that at the very beginning, minor spoilers, I guess for disco Elysium, like very minor, like first five minute minor. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a detective. You have been drinking aggressively for like three days now. At, at this hotel, you go downstairs and you learn that, first of all, you have no idea who you are. You, you like, wake up from this third day of drinking, like, you have no idea what you are, what you're doing. You go downstairs, the guy's like, hey, thanks for taking care of this. And you're like, what? And he's like, oh, the dead body hanging from a tree in the back. And you're like, oh, did I fix it? He's like, no, it's still hanging there. So, like, you've been there for three <laughs> days to take care of this, and you've just been drinking and, like, leaving it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so you start trying to do stuff, but, like... It's a very, like, quirky, and uh, it's got its own, like, attitude. Um, Like, the shit that made me die laughing and and made me go, like, oh, I'm definitely going to have to finish playing this was, like, very early on. You talk to the the guy, and he's like, also, you've trashed your hotel room because you've been violently drunk. Um, And, like, you go through this whole conversation with him, and he's like, also, you're going to need to pay for your hotel room for three nights and all those damages. And one of your skill checks is to, mm-hmm. like, w- walk away and act like you didn't hear them. 
<laughs> like it's one of your like dexterity. It's like one of your dexterities. You're just supposed to like kind of like shake it off, and mm-hmm. so like you can choose to do it or not. Like you can choose to acknowledge him or choose to try and just kind of like act like you didn't hear him and keep moving. Yeah. And I tried it because my thought was, if I fail, he, it, I'm just gonna, my guy's gonna turn around and be like, huh? And he's gonna be like, you need to pay this. You know what I mean? Like that. Bro, I failed the skill check. <laughs> what I thought was just going to be an innocuous, like, oh, oh, sorry, yeah. Yeah, I do owe that. Mm-hmm. My, my man sprints across the hotel lobby <laughs> and jumps, turns around, flips him the double bird as he's, like, flying backwards and crashes into a woman in a wheelchair. <laughs> like, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, that's amazing. Because you, that's not at all what you're expecting. So, I was like, it's... It's not going to be this cut and dry detective work. It's going to have like flavor and fun with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I'm definitely really into it. Uh, I, I started a little bit. The only problem I would say is you, I feel like you're going to need to be able to sit down with it for a decent chunk at a time. Like, I don't think you could sit down with it for just 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, yeah. Cause I just don't think you'd get enough done. Like by the time you get your whereabouts and are, you know, interrogating people. I just don't think there's enough. I don't think that's enough time to really get into the experience. So like, I think you really need to be able to sit down and like put a chunk of time into it whenever you go to play. And like give it like actual, like, um, you know, like, not effort, but you have to like see it all the way through for like a big sequence. Oh yeah. Like, like every person while you're questioning them has like a million dialogue options, but unlike, something like Skyrim, just because it's the first example I can think of. There's a million dialogue options, and, like, 999,000 of them are just, like, adding flavor to the background of the world. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and not really relevant to anything you need. This, like, there's legitimate, like, nuggets of info that, like, will be helpful from almost all of these questions. So it's, like, you really need to, like, sit down, give it time, like, put, like you said, put effort into it. Not that you're, like fucking strenuously taking notes but like you know what i mean like you need to like really think about it and it's not just something you kind of mindlessly do whereas like you play marvel spider-man you're just kind of rocking people in a circle you know what i mean right right and you can do like i'm gonna do one mission right or i'll do let me do a a side quest mission i only have 10 minutes before i gotta go let me do one of the like not the big you know like like i mean story one but like a little task or something it's kind of what i'm going through with the god of war right now where i'm like i don't want to do one let me go get these chests over here and i just you know Yep. YouTube, how to find this chest or that chest. Yep, that's exactly that, that's a good good example. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, but Disco Elysium seems like it'll be good. Haven't put, haven't sat down with it a whole lot. I sat down with it like a lot on one weekend, and then haven't touched it since because I know I don't have enough time like during the week to really bother with it. Right, right, cool. All right, so uh, what else you got? Yeah, I'll do two uh, two more quick ones. Um, I watched the Dropout. Uh, which is the short series about Elizabeth Holmes. So have you heard, do you know who that is? Have you heard of this this, this story about her and, and, and Theranos and, and or the short oh, series? Oh, okay. I know literally the least amount possible while still knowing what you're talking about. Okay. If yeah. that makes sense. I was the same too going into it. I was like, she, all I knew. I know she scammed a fuck ton of people. That's yeah, like the most, like, like for like a pharmaceutical tech type company, right? Yeah. That's exactly what I knew too. Okay. Right, like, I was like the same. I was like, well, she, you know, she, she, like, scammed people, and she, like, was in jail, or she's going to jail, or she got caught semi-recently, and so they did this one. And so this is actually, like, an, a long string of sort of short series 
of like tech people. They did one about the guy at Uber. They did one about God, who was the other one? Well, this one. They did one more. Oh my gosh, who was it? I can't remember. It was somebody who was like this, right? Like a tech mm-hmm. person. Um, but I, th- this one is pretty much consensus that it's the best one. And so the story far follows uh, Amanda Seyfried, who plays Elizabeth Holmes, and from basically from when she was in high school all the way through her arrest. And so she, Elizabeth Holmes, she was so intent on building something that quote quote would change the world, and was so wrapped up in this sort of late two thousands, you know, early two thousand tens push from Silicon Valley, where it's like we can change the world, like the Steve Jobsification of the area, where it's like these guys, you got to give them all the money because they're all the next Steve Jobses, or they're all the next Zuckerbergs, right? Which, right. you know, looking back in reality, maybe there was one Steve Jobs, and then the rest were just like con men or. I mean, as we can see now, just idiots who lied their way into buying a website that costs, you know, for way more than what it costs. Yeah. Um, and uh, so the series <laughs> is great because she's great in it. But then also, um, as I'm watching it, it's nuts how I'm going through. And I'm like, it's crazy because this is still going on. Like, there's like red lights all the way through the whole thing. So basically what it was is that, she, is that she wanted to make a little machine like the size of like a desk, like an old desktop computer, maybe a little bit bigger, that you would only give it a couple of drops of your blood and it could run all the tests you would ever need. So you could test, you know, for HIV, for hepatitis, for cholesterol, for everything, off a, drop, drop, a few drops of blood. Um, and everybody goes, but that's literally impossible because you need a lot, you know, you need what you, you know, when you get up your blood drawn, you need all of that blood to run all of those tests. It's like, and you can't fit all of that tech inside of this tiny little box but she's like yeah we can't yeah we can't and then she she just (laughs) basically frauds her way into people giving her a bunch of money and she keeps being like literally from she gets caught in like 2017 and like 2011 people are like hey can you show us the box because we haven't seen any prototypes and she's like oh well i'll get it to you eventually anyway we're gonna change the world and literally just kind of frauds her way for like six years so when she's frauding her way through yeah, if she, I know this is not really the point because we're talking more about the show, but like the real life scenario, mm-hmm. when she's frauding her way through, is she? I mean, she's frauding her way through it to receive funding, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when she receives this funding, is she actually using the funding to try and create a prototype and just yes. failing massively, or is she just oh. pocketing it? No, she's no, no, no. She's just it's rich. just failing. They just show like they okay. just run all these tests and all the machines explode and like they're like they have all these they have these this great scenes where like the people are in this like conference room and they're like it's not running it's not running and they're like turn off the lights or like you know close the window or like turn up the heat the machine only run like it, it and they always fails. And so basically they go to Pfizer and she's like, just give them the fake ones. And so somebody just gives them fake readings. And then Pfizer goes from there. And then there's, um, and, and obviously the first two or three episodes are primarily from her point of view. And then after she starts to make money, they're from other people's points of view, sort of for the most part. So like episode five okay. is like about this, uh, this guy who graduates and his uh, c- colleague who joined the company as like low level employees. And they're like, wait, this isn't right. Like what's going on here? And like another episode is about like these guys from Walgreens who are coming in and they, she's like, you know, we need to have these Theranos offices in Walgreens, like with actual people. And like the episode is about them being like, but like, we don't know anything. Like we, we don't know anything about you. You're asking us to put these things into our our stores, but we don't know anything about the tech or what it does. We, We don't even let, you know, we can't even see the lab. So it's, it's really, really good. 
it's fascinating as I'm watching this because you get glimpses of other similar things where you have these people who are labeled as geniuses. And then as you sort of peel back the onion, you go, wait, they just, she just put her name on the patents that an actual chemist did. So like, what did she actually do? Right? Like what did, what did she answer is always nothing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. Like, like, I mean, just because he's the, uh, current punching bag like uh like elon musk like like people are like nah he fucking designed tesla blah blah it's like yeah. nah bro yeah. he just bought on to the board and then had enough shares to call himself founder yeah and ta-da like he didn't actually do any of that exactly and that was steve jobs too like he didn't actually design anything of it right he just mm-hmm. like he he just shaped it i mean at least he had the the, At least he had the mind the to skill. turn it into right yeah. to market it. Right, he was a great marketer. Right, and then even just the, even the, the Zuckerberg's credit, he, he his it was you know he, he might have stolen it, but it was mostly his idea. Like at least he shaped it. Right, he wrote the code. He was there from the start. Right, he did something. Mm-hmm. It, it fuck up, but he did something. Right, whereas she was like, I mean, of course he wrote the code because he is uh, very popularly a robot. <laughs> uh. <laughs> he just he's like he just copied what he was inside him. Um, but yeah, his, his, for, the tip of his finger like un like uh, like popped open. It's oh, yeah. like a USB drive. <laughs> he put it into the computer. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, the dropout. It's great. She's great. Eight episodes on Hulu. You know, it, it's it's how can I say? I don't think it reinvents the wheel in terms of craft or. If you watch it, you definitely go, I've seen something like this before. Maybe you it gives you flashes of something like The Social Network or flashes of something like Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street, that's another one that sort of came to mind. Not as flashy, but you sort of get mm. like, okay, I see where this is going, right? Like, yeah, I see like sort of kind of, I've seen something like this before, but I think it does it really, really well. And it's like stacked with like really great actors. Like every time a new actor showed up, I was like, "Oh, it's that guy from the thing," or like, "Oh, it's oh my gosh, it's um, Laurie Metcalf." And, oh my god, it's William H Macy and the guy from the the the, the dad from that '70s show who like it was in RoboCop and like a bunch of like little actors that I was like, "Oh damn, they got this guy and that guy." Um, but yeah, it's on Hulu. Um, and it was pretty great. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I don't know if it's like the best show of the world, but I do think it was definitely worth my time um, to watch. And then, uh, real quick, I go to uh, Babylon, which is the new movie from director uh, Damien Chazelle. He did Whiplash, La La Land, ugh, the fucking boring-ass first man. And this is his newest movie. And it's pretty much, uh, like, the history of the movies in, like, the 1920s and 30s from when they went from, like, silent movies all, you know, to, to like, talkies. And uh, just like a, it, it sort of picks the lives of like five or six people and sort of focuses on them, like Margot Robbie and Brad Pitt and a couple of other people. Um, and it was pretty good. I don't think it was like amazing or great. I, I definitely love Whiplash, right? It's my favorite movie of his. Um, I think I, I think I like La La Land a little bit more as well, but it was still pretty solid. I think I, I liked it a lot. It's three hours, but kind of like Avatar, they just kind of flew by. Like, because... Like it is a movie, but it is it's like these little these little sequences, these little vignettes, right? Where um he just kind of shows some part of life then. Like one of the one of the early ones is like them trying to shoot a silent movie and like it's like chaos and it's like them in the desert and like dozens of extras and filming and cranking it and and, and that takes like twenty minutes and it's amazing. And then another one later on, it's actually kind of funny. They go to um 
Tobey Maguire for some money. And mm-hmm. he's like this creepy, like, uh, gangster guy. And that's like a whole sequence. And it becomes like a horror part for it. And um, a horror bit for a little bit. Um, but yeah, it, it's good. It, it's it's It swings for the fences. If you look on Rotten Tomatoes, I think it's like 55 or 60. But mm-hmm. I definitely, like, if you were like, would you rather watch Babylon again or Megan? I definitely would want to watch Babylon. Because it... it there's just so much quote quote filmmaking behind it. Like if you were to watch it, you'd be like, this is a guy who is like the Spielberg is like Scorsese. He like gets it right. He moves the camera. There are these long shots and he like whips the camera around. There's like thousands of extras and he's doing all this kind of shit. So this is a guy who's like a, you know, capital D director. So it's nice to see somebody who's fucking swinging for the fences and doing something. Whereas something like Megan, while it is fun, it's safe. It's a good time. It's kind of just, regular regular filmmaking there's no sort of right flash to it there's like no a skill kind of like a previous best picture winner coda <laughs> exactly yes exactly yeah yeah exactly like if you told me like the director of coda directed megan i'd be like yeah that sounds about right right because there's no flash <laughs> um but uh i think i gave babylon like a maybe like a four or maybe three and a half or four i think mm. i think what it needed to be truly great is for all the stories to come together in a little bit more concise way. Um, mm-hmm. There's a movie called uh, Boogie Nights where uh, it's a PTA's first movie. And that's a masterpiece. That's a five out of five. But this is pretty much that, except instead of the porn in the seventies, this one's like regular movies in the thirties. Um, <laughs> and that one, when it, when it ends and it all comes together, it comes together. Um, so this one doesn't, I've never seen that movie. I've heard it's great, but I, I oh, yeah, that one's, seen it. Oh yeah. That one's fantastic. Really, really great. Um, but yeah, Bat- that was a Marky Mark's like big break, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like the lead, but he's it's like not about him, but he is solid in it, and I think he's really great in it. He, he I mean, it's pretty much like the he, he is. You watch the fighter, right? The fire. I don't. The fi- sorry, the fighter. Sound. Oh, the fighter. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so it's he's it's the same sort of role in this one, where in that one he just has to be like just normal guy just he's the guy at the center but everybody around him is the real characters right like his mom and fucking what's his name amy adams and uh or uh, what's it, um dickie uh christian bale right and that's how right, it is with this right, one right. where he with boogie nights where it's like he's just the guy but julianne moore's the real star um burt reynolds and uh philip seymour hoffman they're the ones who are the real characters um okay. but uh anyway yeah, yeah so that's uh yeah abalon Solid stuff. I mean, Chazelle will be around for a long time, and I'm excited to see where he does next. I mean, pretty much it's like one of those guys where, like, he did Whiplash, so I will always, always, always see his movies, right? It's like these guys who, like, right. do one movie, and you're like, dude, I'm in your pocket for forever. Like, Shaun of the Dead is another one, Edgar Wright. Yeah. I don't yep. love the rest of his movies. I like them a lot. Even one, you know, even Hot Fuzz, I don't love. I don't love The End of the World or Baby Driver. But because he did Shaun of the Dead, I will be there opening night every single time. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one because, like, he did Shaun of the Dead. That's absolutely incredible. Mm. Hot Fuzz, like, I hated it the first time I watched it. And then I've watched it, like, one or two times since. And it's, like, I've thought, I've thought more highly of it. But I'm still not, like, ooh, let's go watch Hot Fuzz. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. like, I saw he did Baby Driver, which I absolutely love. I, I really do love yeah. Baby Driver. But, like... I was willing to give it a shot before I knew anything. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I saw his name at that show. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Um, so that that is a good example. Um, especially because, yeah. like, uh, any of the other examples I could think of, like, 
off the top of my head, like Jordan Poole, Quentin Tarantino, are different because they like always put out bangers. You know right, I mean? exactly. Edgar Wright's one that can put out a dud, but I'm still gonna, you know. Right. Um, Nolan, but I think Nolan's a little bit more. Doubt. But even Nolan, like I, I the last movie I really loved from him was Interstellar. I didn't really. I mean, Dunkirk I thought was you know pretty good. I didn't love it. Um, and same thing with the, the one last time. Backwards. Tenant. I, I in Tenant. I, I I could almost say I even didn't even really like it. Um. So. But I'll, but I'll yeah. be there opening night for Op- uh, Oppenheimer. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't. Uh, yeah. I feel like I feel like. Uh, God, I'm trying to come up with. Uh. I just feel like Tenant. Maybe he just went too deep. Right. It's like <laughs> like my man had like. I'm going to say like an acid trip, but it was just like a Nolan trip, and he just went all the way in. He was, he yeah. was like, I'm, I'm in there, bro. I'm, I'm going to make the most Nolan shit I could make ever. <laughs> and the thing about that one is that, so I think we've talked about it before, where like with Inception, he sets up the rules, and it is complicated, but as I'm watching it, my brain knows the rules and just, it like applies it to them, right? It's like you mm-hmm. saying your friend or that girl who was like, I didn't even know the cuts, right? Or it was disorienting because, you know, I had never seen a movie before or I hadn't seen many movies. So, you know, your brain now knows cuts. Every cut is like breaking reality, right? Like that's just what it is, right? Because right. that's how life is. But your brain just sort of knows the rules that that's how movies work. Same thing with Inception. As I'm watching, I'm like, wow, okay, dreams, levels. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And, you know, I can enjoy the movie but because the rules, my brain is already taking them in. Ten example... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, oh no, I was just saying. Intended wasn't like that. Where I'm watching it, and as I'm watching, I'm like, okay, wait. So he's going backwards. Okay, but okay, so that means that he's going forward in the car chase. Oh, okay, so it's going that. You know what I'm saying? Like I had to, I had to act. And then at the end, the finale, where they're like, there's a big soldier fight, and he's like, all right, well, he's blowing up the building, but it has to be unbroken up because it has to be the thing at the thing. I'm just like, dude, I I shouldn't be doing that, right? And he almost does it at the fucking end of the Dark Knight Rises, where I'm like, okay, so you gotta get. The bomb to the thing, and he's got to get the, get it on the ship, and he's got to take it out. Okay, I'm going to get in the check. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, dude, just too big. Just give me just Bane and Batman, right? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, just give me, like, um, what's his name? Denzel, and, um, John David Washington, and just like a one on one, having this huge fight where I'm like, okay, but these guys are running backwards, which means that they're going backwards in time. And these guys, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just too much. Right. All right. So, Tenet is what all of, like, pop culture acted like inception was yes like, mm-hmm. inception yes. was yes. not hard to yes. follow no. but yeah. like mm-hmm. south park's over here like it's a dream and, a dream. and i was like it's really not that complicated mm-hmm. but then it was actually mm-hmm. that complicated <laughs> yes yes oh yeah 100 percent. people go it's so it, inception broke my brain i'm like oh okay oh yeah do you want some yogurt <laughs> Do you want you know? <laughs> do you want me to get you a popsicle you, dog? <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to get you a doctor for your traumatic brain injury? I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like it's not that bad, right? So yeah. I, I, I 100% agree with what you. It's like there about. are two or three layers and a cliffhanger ending. Like, yeah, <laughs> that, time goes faster. Go lower, you get down. Like that's it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah. Tenet was actually that. Mm-hmm. Um. But anyways, uh, yeah, so that was Babylon. Damien Chazelle, going to mm-hmm. give it a shot no matter what. Uh, got generally not great reviews, but you, you you like it a little more than it seems um, some people did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sound yeah. fair? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. All right, so um, the last thing I'll talk about that I watched recently, um, I watched Succession. Uh, sorry, to be clear, I'm like almost done with season two. 
Um, I started it a week and a half ago, maybe. Um, I just randomly was bored one night, and I was like looking for something to watch, mm-hmm. and I hit HBO Max. Uh, also, uh, just a small thing, testament to HBO Max, because I have Hulu, I have Disney+, Plus, I have HBO Max, I have Netflix, and actually I want to come back to this later very briefly Mm -hmm. but like out of all of those my brain's like check hbo max it'll have something like hbo max i feel like is such a solid streaming service Mm -hmm. compared to the others um like disney disney's a little different disney's solid but it is three things you know what i mean there's a million things but there's three things yeah, particular <laughs> kind of thing like that you're looking for, right? Like if you're like, right. I want a specific kind of uh, audience slash genre, they have that and they have everything of that. But if you right. want something, if you're like, show me everything I could possibly get, HBO Max is the best one. Yeah, so like I, I feel like I remember, I think when we first started this podcast, I was roasting the shit out of HBO Max because the rollout was god awful. oh yes mm-hmm. yeah yeah we both, because we yeah. were like what's hbo go what's hbo max but like this mm-hmm. fucking we thought it was only hbo but it was actually warner brothers along with all the hbo stuff and it was like you know a whole thing um but man hbo max is legitimately like the strongest streaming service which all of a sudden i feel sad about because isn't this the one that discovery is gonna fuck over yeah and that's what i was just about to say it's like when you were saying this, the best one, I was like, and that's what makes them stripping it for parts that much worse, right? That they're taking away all the good stuff. I totally forgot about them. that until just this moment. What is it like? Uh, ninety Day Fiance and Fixer Upper. It's 90, like, oh, you, the Ninety well, Day Fiance universe. Remember? Oh my god. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. So that sucks. Now I'm sad. But anyways, up until this point, uh, it's like kind of bar by far and away the best. I think. Um, I think, I think Hulu's the most broad, probably like mm-hmm. the most broad-reaching. But I think Netflix is kind of just dog shit now, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, can't like, think of anything. I'm like, woo, Netflix. Like, I don't know what uh, what you. My... <laughs> yeah, like I don't, I don't. What would I? What would I even like? When like I will watch the shows that I know are are going to be on there. Like uh, the show you like that's coming back. And yeah, I that's think... what I meant when I said you earlier. Oh, 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 I thought you meant, like, what yeah. do you think? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Who's on there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what is the... There's another show that... I mean, Stranger Things for a while there, that would have been the one that would have brought me back. Um, sometimes they get directors to do, like, uh, The Irishman, right? They had The Irishman, and they have a David right, Fincher movie later this year. So, like, I'll come back for, like, that stuff, right? The guys who I can trust, not the fucking Russos. But, like, actual (laughs) real movie directors, not hacks. So, like, that's pretty much it, right? Whereas, you go, like, well, you know, they have the menu, the one that just came out. I haven't watched it yet, but it's, like, they have, like, they're, like, oh, we just had this new movie, the menu. And it's, like, a legitimately great movie that everybody I've talked to who has watched it is, like, no, that was really good, right? Yeah. So, yeah, and, yeah, like I said, I just was, I was bored. I was, like. HBO Max is the one I trust to find something. Mm-hmm. And I saw Succession. I knew that was one that you liked a lot, I yeah. believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'll give it a shot. So, I'm one and a half seasons in. When, I don't know when the show started. How long has the show um, been running? Roughly? I was at my apartment two apartments ago. So, definitely before 2020. So, like 2018, 2019, I think. Okay. Because I remember so, watching it being in my room two rooms ago. 
and being like, and, and I think it was like the summertime or something. I remember watching it and being like, wow, this show's really good. I remember watching the sixth episode on my bed and like, like holding my pill and being like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Um, so definitely since like 2018, 2019, probably, I think. Yeah. So I'm, I'm almost done with season two. Um, season one's in like really good. I'm trying to figure out. I think it's a step below something like Severance or Barry for me. I think it's like one step mm, below mm-hmm, that. Mm. Um, I think. Hmm. All right, I I might put it on the same level as something like Ted Lasso. I think Ted Lasso is probably a. It, they're wildly different, so it's really hard to like compare them. But I think in terms of like prestige for lack of a better word i think they're probably about equal yeah i think i would give it um so i think i put ted lasso uh succession like in one tier below something like barry or severance Uh, i agree i agree i think i think there is nothing i think you know it won the emmys for dramas i think and i think it is a great drama but i do think something like barry is an all-time kind of thing whereas something like this is just like the most fun you can like watch right like you're watching this and you like for me like you know you you're, you're like see like the dialogue is great you're just hooting and hollering the whole way through you know right yeah so like Barry or Severance I spend a lot of time after those are over thinking like what is the show trying to tell us what right. are like what are the thing like are Severance is a little less like what the show's trying to tell me, but it's still very thought like, is this something I would be willing to do? How would I react to these situations? Blah 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 while also giving me the standard drama stuff. You know what I mean? Like so whereas like Ted Lasso, I have a great time, but when I'm done with Ted Lasso, I'm just like, that was good. You know what I mean? And when yeah. I'm done with succession, I'm like, fuck, what's gonna happen next? But it, there's no like there's not more there's not much more meat, I don't think um beyond the main gist you know what i mean there's not yeah, much yeah. uh there's not much to dig into um so i put them a step below but with that being mm-hmm. said i think they're great um succession also great um so great i loved um i i, I think they still have some great lines but i think the stuff that cracks me up uh, that i still think about from season one is like tom fucking with greg and when he like I think he always thinks oh, when, yeah. he to, when he has to pick up his grandpa like ten miles, away, ten hours away, and he's like, "Well, I gotta drive back with my grandpa," and he's like on the phone, and he's like, <clears throat> "He's like, hey, hey, man, you know, I gotta, I gotta, yeah, you know, I'm driving my grandpa," and he's like, "Oh, Greg, fuck your grandpa," and he's like, "Oh, you're you're on speaker, you're on speaker," and he just <laughs> and he goes, "Well, I shouldn't be, should I, Greg?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I fucking love it. Um, God. The weird thing is, like, the show clearly does it on purpose. It has to. If not, it's the most fucking masterful accident. Like, so I text you. I was like, Mm -hmm. everybody fucking sucks in this show, huh? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, kind of. And the thing is, is that, like, it's weird. And I think it happens a little more in season two than it does in season one. But, like, the show yanks you in a thousand fucking directions. Like, and what I mean by that is you'll be, like, the beginning of season two, you're like, you know what? That is right, Shiv. Yeah. Go, like, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, you know, then, like, 
Logan's doing some dumb shit. And you're like, fuck you, Logan. You're an asshole. Blah, blah, blah. And then, like, Shiv acts like an asshole. And you're like, oh, what the fuck are you doing? Like, nah, mm-hmm. I can't. Nah, I can't side with you. But then, like, you can't side with her. But, like, you're like, fuck. Like, I just... I, I I was rooting for you the whole way, but now you're an asshole, so I can't root for you. And I thought Logan was a dickhead, but now he's kind of turning out to be right. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, Roman's, like, being funny, but then sometimes he's just kind of shitty and an idiot. And so you're like, I was with you for a second there, but now I'm fucking gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think one of the things, like, one of the... I think that's a big jump for me in season two versus season one. I thought season one was really good, and I, I don't, uh, I'm not finished with season two, so I can't say. But I think season one was a lot of just like I felt like for most of season one, I was just on Kendall's side. Like right. I felt like he was just like clearly the right guy. Like right, maybe right. he fucked up in some spots that were unfortunate, but it was like, yeah, he's right. Um, whereas now, like, it's really, like, I can see every side and I fluctuate between hating this person and liking the, and the next and back and forth. Um, oh, but it does all of that while the characters stay 100% within character, right? Like, like, when you're on Shiv's side for three straight fucking episodes and she does the dumb thing in episode four, I don't know if it's actually episode four, but like, she does the dumb thing in episode four, you're like, oh, you're a fucking idiot. But it doesn't feel like, like, you know, sometimes you see that in a show and you're like, I don't like that. Like, like, why did, the way they, that mistake was wildly out of character. And I don't feel that way for any of the, any of the people. You had mentioned that to me about, we were talking about somebody recently in a movie where that happened, where they're like, okay, well that camera kind of came out of nowhere, right? It was, I know what it was. It was Ted Lasso. It was Nate. Right, right. At the end. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. And so I feel like so, this show, people do shitty things or people react in sort of, um, keep it spoiler-free, catatonic sort of shell-shocked ways in the second season that mm-hmm. you go, why is this happening? And then you go, okay, I get it because of what happened in season one, right? And they're like right. subservient in a way that you yeah. go, but this is so different. But then you go, but no, well, that have would to probably be. be that way too because of what happened. Bro, oh, the number one. All right, so without giving anything away, but I can give you an exact replica in a different show. Boy, the subservient guy does some Jesse Pinkman shit. Yes, and like, after, yes, season, I want to say season four, Jesse Pinkman, early season four, when he watches that, uh, what's his name? Oh, my God, the, the, the guy who um, Gus slits his throat. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And he, like, sort of just goes, like, freezes up, and he's, like, in just in his house, playing the, the speaker all the way up, and throwing parties and shit at his parents' house. And then he goes to the park. Remember, he, doesn't he go to the park and just start throwing, like, I, I, all right. Yes, so yeah, uh-huh, that, yes, But yes, I feel like yes. he ends with him on a merry-go-round, and he's throwing right, yeah. shit out. Fucking subservient, dude, shoves it through the little fucking thing, and I was like, you, you, you stop! Like, because now this whole yeah. thing looks like a fucking bribe. Like, like, and... Where I'm at in the season, that hasn't come up yet, but there's no way it doesn't, I feel like. like yeah. This has got to backfire. I'm going to keep this vague because I think it happens early on. Have you been to an episode where... Have you watched the episode where it ends with Kendall um, sort of like on a roof, like on a, like viewing the city from a roof? Yes. And there's like glass, maybe? Yep. Yes, yeah, so you watched that one? Yep. 
Okay, that one was great. And so I love that one because, like, you know, he goes out there early in the episode and he's just like breathing in and he like sort of looks sad of course and like leans over and then when he comes back up the glasses up and you just go fuck dude that dude is like trapped because somebody was watching him do that and then they were like well we can't have him you know kmsing so put up the glass right so he's pretty much like this like bird in a cage even though he can't even see who the person who's holding him is yeah yeah that is yeah that's like a a big a big moment. It's great. Like you know, and that's like very small storytelling that like is done perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like he the way he's acting seems like it would be out of character. But things that happened in season one, now he's in character. But like even Shiv's like very like headstrong and stuff. But then has like a moment of weakness and fucks the whole thing. And you're like, why did you do that? But like also, yeah, I get it. You know what I mean? Like you fucked like. It's weird. You saw it, and you're like, you're fucking up while it's happening, but you weren't like, you wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, no, you would definitely fuck up in that way, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, Tom, uh, Tom Tom was, like, funny in season one. Like, now Tom's, I mean, he's still funny, but it's, like, also sad and also annoying. You know what I mean? Like, it's all great, right? Like, Tom's whole situation in season two were, like, you can tell he's like not happy with a lot of things, right? Um, but then also like he's a wild dickhead in other situations, and then in some situations he's fine. It's just like this whole, and it all makes sense, but it makes it so that you can't enjoy uh, any person's success in this show. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, Succession. Uh, great. I so far, I really enjoyed it. Uh. I think I looked it up and it said there's three seasons, so yeah. I'll probably be finishing that up soon. I was gonna say I was like, yeah, I mean, you're dude, you're right there, and like if you're already halfway through the, I mean, you're halfway through the whole series now, um, yeah. and you have time because I think it'll come back. I want to say it'll come back when The Last of Us ends. Like that'll be the next show at that 9 p.m. Sunday slot, or it might okay. be the show. Oh, and I saw. <laughs> I saw a uh, a fucking tweet. It was like, yo, these Sundays are about to be hitters. Because it yes. was like succession followed by Barry is what yes. they're expecting mm-hmm. the thing to be. It's like, whoo, Sundays are going to be tight. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm I'm excited for that a lot. Um, yeah, I'll finish in time. It'll be good to catch up when it actually starts coming out again. Anything else you want to touch on? Um, I'll do, uh, two quick ones, just super quick. Uh, The Whale, the Brendan Fraser movie where he's pretty much the front runner for best actor. It was fine. It's pretty much a play, but in a movie because it all takes place in mm-hmm. his apartment. So it was fine. I just, Aronofsky had done like a little bit more with the camera work, like more quote, quote, filmmaking because after a while you're like, well, I'm just watching a play, right? It's a lot of like, right. somebody says something mean and they walk to the other side of the room and like turn their back and like, go, oh, you know, and then, you know what I'm saying? So... Um, yeah, but uh, it's pretty clearly a play in a movie. But he is really great in it, and that wouldn't surprise me if he won uh, Best Actor. And then the next thing is that I watched the the series premiere of The Last of Us. It was pretty great. Mm-hmm. You and I were texting about it. Um, it's pretty much just the first. I want to say. I mean, the the show itself is an hour and twenty. The the season premiere, and I would say it mm-hmm. covers like the first. I would the, you know the 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 opening sequence of the game, and then also like gets the the main hook of the show going. It ends pretty much when that hook starts to sort of roll, when somebody's given a mission to do, right? Mm-hmm. 
Gotcha. Um, but it was great, and it was pretty close, and I'm, I'm excited. I, I've seen some people be like, well, why do we need this if they're just going to copy it one-to-one from the game? But I do think I think the story is so good that I think um, – I think the story is so good that I think it deserves to be seen by more people. And I think somebody like that's the thing, Sydney or, and I've had, I have a couple of my, my friend, Andy, um, and a couple Caitlin. of other friends who I know are watching it. They would not have played the game or right, if they my did, wife. Yes, the exactly. Same yes. Thing. Yep. Yep. I and, saw I saw Jacob Geller post on Twitter, and yes, he, mm-hmm. it was a clip, and he was like, "Well, why the fuck are we even doing this?" And everything in my soul was like, "He's right," because I feel much that way about something like The Last of Us remake. And I'm like, cause "You remember I was talking about? It. I was like, it's yeah, the same yeah. fucking thing. Like nothing has changed. I don't know why we're doing this." So like, I saw that, and I was like, "This motherfucker's spitting." And then it took me like I like did a little bit of introspection. I was like, "Well, actually, like." There's a 0% chance that Kaylin would ever play this game or just watch me play this game. So if we put it in a movie or a show, I can get her to watch it and we'll have a great time. And it'll be something that we can like, you know, have in common. You know what I mean? Despite me having a completely different experience with this story. Um, So yeah, that like, that's the point, right? Like more, as much as I think, hmm. I think, all right, it's a difference, and I'm making a small leap here just because the barrier of entry is much higher. Um, I I think people that are just straight up, like, anti-video games are, like, it's it's the same kind of, like, uh, ridiculousness to me as people that are just, like, I don't like animated stuff. You know what I mean? Like, like, sure, fine, that's your opinion, but, like, Animated stuff isn't a genre, right? There are happy animated things. There are se- there are dramas that are animated. There are suspenses that are. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's and I animated do, isn't just a thing to not like. You know right. what I mean? Like and I do think much the like reason, video games. The reason most of them probably do veer toward you know kids is because you know that's they've been given that angle, right? They haven't been given a chance to breathe. And I do think we're heading toward a future where more of them are going to be given a chance to breathe and become, you know, more, you know, adult animation or adult for, you know, PG-13 animation, you know what I'm saying? Like more for everybody mm-hmm. that'll be just as great that isn't just like quote quote families or quote quote kids. Um and I think that's the way the same way for video games where like I think the reason that things like shooters are, you know, have always done well or action stuff is because that's who goes to see them because that's how they've been framed but i think as time goes on we'll get more games that are more like you know for moms yeah or yeah the the last of us or like um you know Um, overcooked for sydney for something i was just gonna say overcooked yeah i couldn't come up with a name uh a good one that i haven't gotten to finish it takes two which is like kind of about like a family dynamic and of course it plays like a platformer with the stories about like the larger themes of family um as games become more accepted, studios can make those kind of leaps. Like that game, that game that is like almost purely designed to be a couch co-op game about, like I said, like family dynamics. And it kind of seems more specifically like a couple slash relationship dynamic. Um, that would never get made 10 years ago. There's zero chance. And it was like, I don't know if it, I don't think it won game of the year, but like it was in the running for a bunch of game of the year categories. 
so like the medium <laughs> as a whole, I think, has expanded and oh, yeah. caught more people. But there are still holdouts. You know what I mean? There are still people that are like, I don't want to watch animated stuff. There's still people that are like, video games are stupid. So that is the reason you make a movie or right. show and, in this case for HBO Max. And usually, I'm 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 against something being slavishly one to one because then I'm like, what I get out of it? Something like Watchmen, which we discussed before. But then there's something like. Like, if you watch the No Country for Old Men, it's a one, especially the first half, which I think I mentioned, I mentioned when I read the book last year, it's a pretty much a one-to-one to the movie. Mm-hmm. But I think you just go, well, what the fuck would you change, you know? Like, I think I mentioned, I was like, right. the scene with Anton Sugar and the Glass Clerk, it's a one-to-one. Like, maybe a couple mm-hmm. lines here or there, things are trimmed, but for the most part, it is exactly the same. So what do you actually, you know, what what is, what would you... What would you change, right? If you're the Coens, I'm like, dude, this is already perfect. What could I possibly fucking change? Same thing with the last of us. I'm like, the story that I'm sorry I want to tell, maybe it'll be a little bit different later on. But early on, I'm like, that scene specifically, the one that's in the clip, the one that you mentioned, it's like, well, what would be different about it? What would we change dramatically? The story that we're trying to tell it needs that scene. So you might as well do it how it is because it's already good, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you have watched the game, of course you're gonna notice it. But Sydney didn't notice it. She's just like, "Oh, it's a scene. They're meaning. He's on the couch." She says the clock thing. Like it, like it's not. She's not like this is yeah. framed weirdly. Why does this feel like I'm watching a video game? Or like, why is it in third? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, a normal person watching a TV show is not gonna notice that it's something that it's ripped off from something else. You know? Right. And No Country for Old Men is a perfect example of like, yeah, we may even though we may have kept it like extremely similar we did it because it reaches a bigger audience there are maybe not bigger but a different audience there are plenty of people who will watch this movie that have no intentions of reading a book you know what i mean like and so we bring it to them you know what i mean there are plenty of people that would love this story of the last of us but aren't going to play a video game so we'll bring it to them it's you know maybe maybe it's a cash grab maybe it's easy money but like I mean, it's a home run. There's no point not doing it. You know yeah. what I mean? If people have fun with it, it is what it is. Exactly, right. So, and and maybe, you know, maybe by episode three and four, you and I will be like, you know what? It has added so much. Something that I thought was just one little scene or something has been fleshed. One little like, side character or something. Or like this sequence, which I thought in the video game was just fine, is actually like super intense and like one of the best horror sequences I've seen, you know, in the last few years on a TV show. You know what I'm saying? So like... Yeah, so like off the top of my head, obviously without giving anything away, just because someone that hasn't played the game might, you know, listen to this and spoil something for the show. Yeah. Like, uh, I told you, I completely, like, I knew it was coming out, completely just my brain shut off the first half of that fucking, not first half, the big thing that I'm sure happens in episode one. I still haven't watched episode one, by the way, Mm. but the the prologue, I will say... I just fucking, I didn't even think about the fact that that was going to be in TV. And then someone was like, this, what's that? And I was like, oh no, what could that mean? And then I was like, oh fuck, we're like, I'm not ready. Um, But another scene that I think I'm extremely excited to see is the, boy, that kind of sounds fucked up when I say I'm excited to see it. But like, I just imagine it's going to be very good, is the whole, um... Ellie in the cannibals. No, the the cannibals. The the potential. Yes, people. The but the uh, yeah the um possibly insinuated um other problem. Yeah. Uh, 
No, it, it's uh, maybe I don't know. With I feel like we might have talked about that. Is that something that was like that you also read in terms of like I don't mean read like went and saw an article, but like as that thing was happening. I, I don't know if they ever explicitly say that or if it's just that they I think it's might. inferred and I think you see some stuff in the background. And I think everybody sort of goes, okay, all right, well, they're either pedophiles or the cannibals, and it's more likely that they're okay. the, the villains. Um, or even both. Like, even you know both? I mean, like, maybe, yes. maybe they're cannibals, but this guy specifically is another I, thing also. I, I know what you mean because it's like you, it's weird to be excited about horrific things like that, right? But it, <laughs> right, I, but I'm like, they're, if they're act, if they act their asses off, this shit's gonna be so good. Yeah, there's a scene. There's a scene in um, in the um, fuck. What does it say? There's a scene in. The, oh, in the premiere. Sorry, that's my train of thought. There's a scene in the premiere where somebody's like, you don't know what's out there. There's slavers and raiders and cannibals. And I was like, Birdman, like, mm. Like, you know. <laughs> Rubs hands like Birdman. <laughs> I was like, here we go, man. Ooh, oh, oh. <laughs> and then he's like, what is this reaction? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> they said cannibals. You fucking started grinning like the Joker. And she's like, okay, I need to get the fuck out of here. Mm-mm-mm. And there's clickers. Oh, oh, oh. oh man. Oh, we're going to be eating good. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited. Um, it's uh, nine episodes total. So there's eight to go. So it should end up mid-March, maybe. End of March. Okay. Yeah, yeah me and my wife, uh, we definitely got to find time to watch it. I think I think we might end up always being a week behind. Um, because Sunday nights are not great for us. But, like, Friday and Saturday nights are good. So, it might mm-hmm. turn into one of those things where, like, we're always watching, you know, last yeah. episode before the new one comes out. Right, right. And I think, the, I think the season finale, the very, very finale, the ending, I have heard and I have read and I have some hunches that it's this exact same as the game super, like, the last finale shot scene. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, fuck. And so, I'm excited. Woo! I, that, Woo! I, I, hey, we're Sydney, gonna be good. <laughs> I told Sydney, I was like, "Don't read anything, please don't read anything," because I'm I'm excited to see not just your reaction, but then also just like the general internet reaction to that sequence, yeah. like last the last last bit of dialogue, right? Yeah. Um. Um. And I told I think I'm I figured something to... out. I was like, you know, if they do, if they get a season two, and I heard they're going to split it into two seasons just because it's so so much story. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. motherfucker, man. If, if people love this first season, like, love it. You know what I mean? They love everything mm-hmm. about it. The characters, you know, they love the characters. When they get to that end of episode two or three of episode of season two. Ooh, oh, oh when, it, when it hits the fucking Flippinski dog. Oh, man. People might revolt. <laughs> people might be pissed. Bro, hey, the way people talked about the game on release is going to be the general discourse. <laughs> like, motherfuckers oh. are going to be out here wilding about that. Because oh, then if you man. think about it, if these, if the split happens at the exact same time, we won't know the reason for things that happen until like a year or two later. So it's going to be like a year or two of people being like, death. We need to kill this person because... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. man. So I'm excited. Whew. Holy shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, um, I was like please, I was like, look, if you want to read maybe the next couple of episodes, fine. But for the finale, we have to be watching live. We just we can, 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 cannot. You cannot <laughs> read it. We, we got to be like, we got to be there like live because people will. I want, I'm, I'm so excited for that reaction. 
Also, I saw, all right, so I saw, I feel like I asked you this, um, and I don't remember what you said. Did you read anything about any, like, great performances by specific people in this show? Um, I mean, just like, like, every, like just kind of general, like, sort of people being, like, like, Have you heard any buzz about any performances for specific people, I guess is what I would say? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily what the performance was or who it was, but, like, they said, like, such and such actor or actress... Not, like was chewing up the fucking screen when nothing, they were on it. Nothing extraordinary, but just like you know that Ellie and Joel are, are pretty good, but nothing like raving. Okay. There's something. I mean, there's a guy that shows up in the trailer, and people said like I guess people that watch it in advance or whatever like they were like Ooh. he was great. Okay. And I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of what he could even be. Do yeah. you know who I'm talking about? Which actor I'm talking about? No. Uh-uh. Oh, okay. Do you want... I mean, can I say it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know the story, yeah. Uh, All right, so uh, in the trailer, I'm pretty sure Nick Offerman is in the trailer. Oh, doesn't he play Bill? Isn't that the... Bill, you know, Booby Traps Town? (sighs) Booby Traps Town. Oh. Okay. Oh, I forgot about him. It's been so long since I played the first one that, like, I forgot about that character. He had, like, a boyfriend or husband or something. But apparently, he's great in the show. Like, or, well, people were like, he was just fucking chewing it up. You know what I mean? Um, So, okay. I couldn't remember who he was playing, and that was going to be my question. Like, who does he play? I completely forgot about that character existing. Um, But, yeah. So, I'm so so excited for the show now. I was kind of on the fence about it, but the more we've talked about it, like, literally just in recording, I'm, like, fucking 100% in. Like you said, all these twists and turns. This is going to be the first time I'm in the fucking know. Right, like we watched the show, mm-hmm. and I'm the motherfucker that's got the info. Yeah, this is gonna be like people, you know, who who read like the Red Wedding and shit, you know. Who are like, yeah, exactly. If when you did a podcast like, ten years ago, like, when the motherfucker get to that wedding at the twins? Mm. <laughs> exactly. Oh man! All right, yeah, I'm ready. So yeah, yeah, I need to watch that. So the Last of Us uh, series on HBO Max. Yep. Um, what would you give the premiere? Uh, it's hour twenty. I mean, it's a premiere, so it's kind of hard yeah, to like, like eight, eight and a half. Like, it, it, I okay. don't know. It, it, I think I'm okay. Do you think? Sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I'm okay with being like I know the story already. If it means that more people are going to be into the story, and if it's yep. done well, I think that's pretty much how I feel. Where it's like as I'm watching, I'm like I remember this. I remember that. Yeah, that happens pretty close. Yeah, because I mean, it's only one episode, right? So they didn't add. There wasn't. They added a couple of things here and there, but it wasn't added so much that it was completely different. So it's kind of like sort of watching a recap of the first two hours of the game. And right. so for me, it's eight and eight and a half, but I'm like, I don't I can't divorce myself from having known the game. But I don't mind because it means Sydney watched it. Your wife watched it. My right. friend Andy watched it, right? So Yeah, so uh I guess are you far enough in to feel like really good about the casting choices specifically yeah. for Joel mm-hmm. and Ellie. Um, definitely Joel okay. Ellie. I, I mean, she was she's only because you know oh, yeah. things that happened. She's yeah. only in it for a yeah. very small part. Okay, but Joel, anyways, you yes. feel yeah. That that was another thing. I like I wasn't a hundred percent sold on Pedro Pascal as Joel, but I was like, I do love Pedro Pascal, so I'm gonna give him a shot. It's like the Edgar Wright thing. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, man, the the man gave us Martell. You'll you'll I'll watch anything, right? <laughs> right so alright but uh yeah um we okay skipping this uh this yeah next I was gonna say yeah we can we can talk about the Cowboys and then I can wrap up with the last little bit okay so uh 
boy, this is going to come out. This is recorded before the San Francisco game, but yes. will come out after the San Francisco game. Yes. So all of this hope may be uh, downed. Uh, but I think, all right, I am 100% a Dak hater. I don't, I don't think, I don't think Dak is as great as a, a lot of people are willing to jump to eat to to him being, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that was English, but like I I still think all right, so here's the weird thing. I think he's top ten, top twelve quarterback. I also think that he's not necessarily the guy. And I guess my uh, you know Kirk Cousins is probably a top ten or twelve quarterback. You know what I mean? Yeah, or like he's the guys, in the like... he's in the ranking. Or he's fighting for a spot. He's right there, yeah. He's the guys I listened to this podcast where they called uh Dak Prescott the white Kirk Cousins or no the black Kirk Cousins and they call uh, Kirk Cousins the white Dak Prescott because they're both very similar in terms of like like you said, they're like right there, but they're not Burrow yeah. or Allen, right? They're not like, But people not people talk about Dak like he's a, like sometimes these people are talking about him like he's top five and I'm like, we need to relax. Um so with all that being said um, that was legitimately. The, I know it's the Bucks. I know they're not great, but also just to be fair, the Bucks were only three point uh, underdogs. It's not like the Cowboys were fa- like Vegas, who is generally the people that are like you know what I mean. They they're always a little more in the know than everybody else, just because they have people that have to do this or they lose a shit ton of money. Right. Um. They were only three-point underdogs, I believe is what I heard. Um, that was like the best game I've ever seen Dak play in his whole entire Easily. life. Coming, yes, yes. I mean, coming I think off he's of what stats, might have been the yeah. worst game of his entire career. Mm-hmm. Like that Washington game was fucking horrible. And this fucking Tampa Bay game was like... I was like, my man's top three, and he ain't two or three. <laughs> <laughs> no, he played great, and I was going to say, I he looked great, dude. Every time he launched it, you know how you can't really see who's receiving it, right? Yeah. Until the camera pans. Every time he launched it, dude, I'm like, that's going to be a game. Like, it's a catch, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, after the Washington game, our friend Travis, he, he was like, hey, like, what happened up with that? And I was like, well, he's like, are you worried? And I was like, I'm not worried because, like, the dude is a seven-year, eight-year vet at this point right like if he can't shrug off a bad game and he's quote quote momentum and he can't just be a pro about it and be like nah you know i'm a fucking nfl quarterback i'm a cowboys quarterback i'm gonna go out here and play right like if he can't do that then he's not the guy and i told him i was like you know if he, if he was still if he was still a rookie or a second year or first year you know second year player i'd be like god oh, that sucks because he needs that momentum right because those young guys they need to be on a roll right like, unless you're elite unless you're like what's his name um joe burrow Joe Burrow or the Jacksonville guy, you know, he brushes off four. Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. He brushes off four picks like it's nothing, right? So I told him, I was like, you know, if these, if this guy isn't the guy, he's not going to be the guy if he can't do that. And he did do that. I was like, he's a pro, right? He, I was like, he came out and he was like, you know what? It's, I'm, I'm going to fucking do what I've been doing, right? And he didn't throw any picks. He looked great. And so I told, you know, I texted you. I was like, that's the best Cowboys game I've ever watched as like a For human real. like as a as a person who's watching a game live that's easily easily they've had a couple yeah. of other playoff games but in terms of just like a complete fucking beatdown, and the quarterback looking amazing and the defense playing great i was like this is the most complete 
like yeah sure they beat the vikings 40 to 3 and they destroyed the whatever 50 to 10 or whatever the fuck but like those games like yeah but this was also a playoff game playoff, you know what right. i mean like yeah it, this like mattered against the quarterback right so right um but now, yeah i was i was worried um because much like you said you're like if he can't shrug it off then he's just not the guy right i was worried he wasn't the guy and my evidence was like man he's been trying to shrug off two or three interception games all season and proceeded to throw two or three more interceptions next game. Um, so I I was definitely worried. And I'm still worried because while he played amazing, I, I could see him. Let's put it this way. We started out the gate better than we have all season. Right, like that's been I've told you, like I, like it stresses me out that we go into halftime against fucking Indianapolis and we're only beating them by fucking three or whatever yes. it is, mm-hmm. and you know we pull away in the second half, but like it stresses me out that we can't do that. This is the like the first game all season where we've come out firing and Dak looked amazing, but I don't know if San Francisco is going to let us come out firing, right? And if if Dak doesn't build that confidence early. I could easily see him having two or three pick game. Right. Um, now, I mean, if, honestly, if we if he plays good against if he plays good against San Francisco, whether we win or lose, if he plays good, then I I, I take a lot of it back. You know what I mean? Like if if we lose for reasons other than him, um, I, within reason. Yeah. I mean, like I if, mean, well, if we're he... if we're down if we're down thirty one seven and then we lose. 31-23, I might still hold it against him. You know what I mean? Because, like, yeah. I do think we put... Uh, uh, I do think people put too much weight into, like, his numbers when I think there's a lot of times where we put up a lot of numbers when the game's already out of reach. Right. Like, garbage time points. But, you know, if he if he plays good beginning to end and it's he's not the reason we lose, even if we do lose, I'm still... I'm here for it. Because that defense is a fucking problem. Um, yeah, I think um, the... I agree completely. I think you're saying you know, if they don't come, you know, they could they could come out. We could come out firing again, or we could come out flat, and they could drop you know two or three TDs, and before we know it, it's fourteen to three. Um, I think this game, well, this past game, you know, I was I was worried, but it was more like uh, you know about the potential outcomes because even something like Tampa Bay beating us, which I thought wasn't, I thought we were going to win, but I was like, but the fear of potentially losing to Tampa Bay was so much that it sort of clattered my judgment. Where I was right. like 60, 70% we win and the rest for them. But I think for this one, you could easily tell me any outcome and I could kind of believe you. Like the Cowboys win 30 to 15 because they put pressure on Brock, Pur- Brock Purdy and he just crumbles, right? Or he hasn't faced a defense like this one, at least not yet, right? Yeah. Or you could say the opposite, where they put the pressure on us and Nick Bosa fucking goes off and has four, pick, four, uh, four sacks, right? Or you could mm-hmm. say it's Cowboys close. Or you could say it's 49ers close. Literally any of those, if you told me, like if we skipped from t- tonight and I woke up Monday morning, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I believe you. That makes sense to me. Any of those outcomes make sense to me. There's not one where I'm like, no, no way we get blown out. Or like, no, no way we blow them out. Although that one's probably the least but, likely. Yeah, I was about to say, that one but, to me feels the, like, I don't not blow now, but, blow them out. You know, like 28 to, to 17. It's not a blowout, but it's, you know, double digit win, you know. The only or, thing that makes me nervous about that is, like, uh, God, I'm looking at the schedule, and I can't remember which game it was, uh, like, without, like, really going into it, but I feel like, might have been the Eagles game, we were just getting gashed 
on the run. Like, our defense could not stop shit on the run. It might have been the Eagles, might have been the Jaguars, one or the other. Yeah. Um, we were just getting, like, every run, six yards, seven yards, six yards. And the fact that these motherfuckers have Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey is fucking terrifying, terrifying. to me. Terrifying. <laughs> terrifying, dude. And, and Kyle Shanahan. Um, I, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not ready for that. Like, yeah. And if our defense plays good, bro, if, if we, first of all, if we blow out the 49ers, we're going to the fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I know. And it's like one of those things that's like, they look scary. But then if you look at the stats, like they haven't really played a team like the Cowboys. And then even last week against the, the Seahawks, we were playoff team. Of course, they were the seventh, seventh seed. I think, yeah, they were the seventh seed. I think it was close up until the very, very end, right? It looks worse because I think it, I think it. Uh, I feel like I remember like right after halftime they kind of like it, I think the Seahawks were up maybe by one at halftime, but I think after halftime it was kind of a one-sided affair. Let me see because I, I watched I the last. Hearing. I watched the 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 um the stat like the 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 box score. I was like, damn, they got they, they were probably in control the whole time. They fucked them up, forty-one to twenty-three, and. Yeah, it, at, at literally at seven fifteen, at seven minutes, at seven fifteen left in the third quarter, they went up twenty three to seventeen. They were actually down at half, seventeen to sixteen. Right. Yep. And then they went up twenty three to seventeen, seven fifteen. So from then you're like, wow, six point lead, seven fifteen. But then from then on, you know, Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, I th- it was Stadium, only a seven point lead, cool. but I think the Seahawks weren't able to get shit. Do- like I think yeah, it, after that, yeah, it just did not look good in the second half. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, fuck. If the if the Seahawks can keep it close up to halftime, I mean, we should be able to, right? right? The only thing I'm worried about is the Seahawks have a guy that you can just be like, fucking run deep and I'll bomb it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like DK Metcalf just fucking sprint that, and we don't really have that guy. I just need them um, to just destroy Purdy. Like I need, I need the front. <laughs> they have to make him uncomfortable. I need Purdy. Micah Parsons to get after that. Motherfucker. He has to have at least two sacks. Like they need to have. Like, the pressure, like, that sort of Tom Brady in the Super Bowls, four guys up front need to eat. Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, and then the other two guys in the center, they just have to put pressure. Like, he can't be in the pocket, like, sitting all day because then he's just going to, you know, he's going to do what he has to do. He dump it off to McCaffrey, dump it off to Sam. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that's the Mitchell. problem, right, is that, like, when he sits in the pocket forever, he can just throw a pass out into the flat for two yards, and then they'll break it off for another fucking ten. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that shit blows. <laughs> um. Um, so yeah, but yeah, you know, just, this we, may come out and our fears may have been uh, confirmed uh, or what's the word I'm looking for here or, or I don't know, thrown away or, or, or um, disproven or yeah, but yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> the tales of our fear have been greatly exaggerated, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it'll, I'm very excited for that game. Um, hold on. So this is the divisional round. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be. We actually will be recording the weekend after the NFC Championship. So we'll yep. know who's in the Super Bowl when the next time we record. So the divisional round, Jaguars Chiefs eh, should be an okay game. I still think the Chiefs are gonna probably just take that one pretty easily. Yeah. Um, Giants Eagles will be a pretty good game. I. Um, Bengals Bills will be a good game. Mm-hmm. Cowboys Friday Niners will be uh, another really good game. Um, yeah. but I think out of all of those, I think I mean I'm the biased. spread is it's, it's probably Bengals Bills. It's probably Bengals Bills in terms of like 
best game that most people would want to watch. Yeah. But um, being a Cowboys fan, I think Cowboys 49ers is close. And then obviously being a fan yeah. is going to put it way over the edge for me. Yeah. I mean, it, it, Vegas says that it's the closest one. 49ers are favored, but I think out of all of the spreads, that's the closest one. I think it's like four or three and a half or four. Mm-hmm. So it's like... Who's favored in the Bengals-Bills games? Because I think the Bills have a better team, Bills. but Josh Allen has been playing iffy lately. Bills by five um, or six, I think. Really? Mm-hmm. Be, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, um, well, yeah. So I, I'm excited. I'm nervous. Uh, I'm terrified. I'm giddy. All yeah, Bills by five. Bills by five and a half. San Francisco by four. Philly by seven and a half, and then Kansas City by eight and a half. Yeah. Okay, that all seems right. I think. But man, I I, I yeah. would put money on the Jaguars to cover. I think eight and a half is a lot of points. It, 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 having you know, it, it's like one of those things. It's like they're both. Um, it's like one of those like you know they're both professional players, right? Like when the Cowboys were favored by ten, I'm like that's crazy. Like anytime towards the end of the year when they had like seventeen point spreads or sixteen point spreads, I'm like no way, dude. Like yes, they're a good team, but they're not gonna cover. I don't know, man. the The Jaguars went down twenty seven to fucking what? What was that? Nothing. It was twenty seven. Nothing. Twenty seven. Nothing. And that was the Chargers. And the Chiefs are a lot better than the Chargers. Oh, yeah. and the Chiefs are also not, uh, no offense to Sean, but the Chiefs, <laughs> <laughs> the Chiefs are probably not going to give up that lead. Right. Uh, you know what right. I mean? So, yes. like, yep. if, if they come out flat against the Chiefs, and even if it's 21-0 and not 27-0, uh, I don't trust the Jaguars to make a giant comeback against the Chiefs. No, um, yeah. Patrick I mean, I, Mahomes. I, yeah, I probably oh, agree, yeah. Patrick, real quick, is Patrick Mahomes, like, I mean, Brady's the GOAT, right? Because he's got seven, what, seven fucking Super Bowls? Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, if you had to, for one game, pick one quarterback to to be your quarterback out of all time, I mean, it's got to be Patrick Mahomes, right? Like, the man's out here, he can just fuck, he can throw on the move, on the run, fucking bomb it, like he's acting. Little fling. What the fuck, what the fuck is cool. Patrick Mahomes, bro? Yeah. I think <laughs> him and Aaron Rodgers are the two guys we were like, yeah, pick a peak, quarterback at the peak, and if you don't, if they don't win a, you know, a game-winning drive, then you're fucking dead. I'm like, one of those two guys. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all right, man, I'm, I'm excited for football this weekend. Yeah. Um, we'll look back and, you know, when this episode comes out, and be like, wow, we were way off. We're like, you know what? We were right, but I guess, you know, yeah. we shall see. All right, man. Well, uh, that's it for the episode this week. You can catch me at Team Moneybags on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm at Evercaster92 on Instagram. You can catch the podcast at DiffAnimalsPod on Instagram and Twitter, or you can email us, DiffAnimalsPodcast at gmail.com. As usual, stay safe, stay entertained, and we'll catch you guys in two weeks. Later. Peace.